PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It's another edition of Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick from PFG Private Wealth. We got a fun uh, and interesting podcast this week to talk about money biases and what those are and are they costing you a little bit if you have a money bias and you're going to be probably surprised to find out that you indeed do. Most people, I think, do have biases about a lot of things. So that's going to be on the podcast this go around. And of course, if you've got questions, you need some help, always reach out to the guys at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. John, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Hey, doing good. How are you? Hanging in there, doing pretty well. We were chatting a little bit off air and uh, just talking about life and moaning and groaning a little bit. But overall, you're doing okay? You hanging in there? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we just wrapped up a golf tournament that we hosted with uh, Burns Steakhouse. It's our second one. Nice. And, uh, yeah, finalizing the numbers, but looking like a pretty decent donation to a couple of local Tampa charities here, which are Blue Star Families and then Jackson in Action. 83 Foundation, uh, both a military base. So so we're excited. It was a great event, and uh, we look forward to delivering the check soon. That's fantastic. Awesome. Nick, how you doing, my friend? Uh, doing pretty good. It's been a little bit of a crazy month, but uh, have some vacation coming up, uh, which, which will be nice. Although I'm going to Key West, and uh, it'll be my first time going there. So okay. I'm looking okay. forward to seeing uh, what that's like. Well, you know, uh, I don't know how you're getting there, but I filled up my truck uh, yesterday and it cost me triple digits for the first time. It was over a hundred bucks. Yeah. Luckily I'm flying. So um, we're good to go. Well, the inflation numbers came in for February, 7.9%. Don't know if you guys saw that at the time we're taping that. They just came out this morning. Uh, So yay, right? So people are definitely frustrated and and we're kind of concerned. There's a lot going on, obviously, the stuff in the world and uh, the market's been reacting to that. Inflation is up. And so I thought it would be interesting to kind of have this chat and we were talking about these money biases and how we feel about some of the different things. And I thought it might be a good idea to share some of this stuff with the listeners. So what we'll do is we'll also put a link to the article. This was a CNBC article, guys, uh, that was based off a Morningstar study. And I'll let you guys talk about Morningstar if you'd like to, just to explain that to the folks in a second. But the study found that 
most of us have at least one money bias, some of us more than others, and that those biases are very possibly costing us additional money in our checking, savings, or investing and retirement accounts. So, you know, we'll see how this kind of impacts you and you'll kind of learn a little bit about this along the way. So a couple of key points before we dive in is that everybody has different attitudes about money. No real shock there, right? We know that. But that new behavioral financial study from Morningstar found that 98% of the respondents exhibited one or more. So when we say just about everybody has one, that's pretty true, and that they are likely costing them some money. So we'll jump right in and get going here and uh, with takeaway number one. Nick, what are the four main biases that they talked about and that you guys see? Yeah, we really wanted to kind of focus on this with as chaotic as the beginning of the year has been. You know, we think that people taking a little self inventory on on how they might make some decisions uh, would be beneficial. So right. the first bias is called a present bias or really kind of like present time. So really what this focuses on is kind of the tendency to go for immediate rewards over long-term goals or you know the good old instant gratification. I would say that what's interesting is this can definitely be different for different age bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so for people that are you know, kind of like in that uh, baby boomer era, they have their toes in this for sure. Um, whereas younger clients, uh, definitely, I would say it's a little bit more dominant just because of the things that they're used to and, you know, convenience and, and instant gratification. Sure, right, yeah. The world we have, um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think this is something that's really important because this will become a stronger and stronger bias just with things that we're used to, like new cycles and stuff like that. So, so that's that's the first well, one. Well, let, let me really, ask you a follow-up on that real quick, Nick, before you move on. So with that present bias, basically, like it's that idea of I feel like I need to do something now, right? So like we'll use yep. the market falling as an example right this minute. We're down about 10%, I think, in the S&P. We're into a correction, I guess, officially. So I, I must I must need to do something now so I can see the response, the immediate you know response. That way I feel like I've done something. That's really what a present bias is. Yeah, okay. very much reactionary okay. uh, typically, and and usually uh, for most people, you know, taking action at something like this, it's oftentimes too late. So that that can really turn into this kind of yo-yo effect of you know waiting. Where this is one of the things that lead people to buy high and sell low, uh, which is kind of the opposite. Which of is what wrong. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first one. Yep. And then uh, second one is what's called base rate neglect. So really what happens is, you know, this is kind of focused on uh, how you judge the probability of something happening based upon new information while you essentially like ignore your original assumptions. So this is something where, you know, for example, the whole concept of best laid plans. So this is where planning can really come into play, where you might get a call from a client that you know, maybe it's a certain sector of the market. Hey, I want, you know, I really want to jump into this this certain sector of the market. Mm-hmm. And they're not taking into consideration that maybe they already have exposure to that. Or again, maybe it's a little bit too late. And they're they're forgetting, you know, all of the effort and all the time that has been put into kind of creating the overall plan and then overreacting to uh, good or bad news. And, you know, this is definitely something like, for example, for myself right. that I have to have, you know, people remind me, I know that this is something that happens uh, to me where it's like, because I do try to consume a lot of information and process a lot of information and news 
where, you know, depending upon what's going on, this can kind of throw me a little bit for it. I got gotcha. so, well, you. Know. Let me, uh, John, let me get you in here on this for a quick second. So, for example, what I'm hearing then, so uh, the NASDAQ, for example, is technically into bear territory now because it's down 20 plus percent. So people calling up and saying, hey, I need to get out of tech might be an example of this base rate neglect because they're seeing the current situation and they're reacting yeah. to the news versus does it make sense for their overall long term strategy? Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's the whole you know kind of going to the behavioral finance where it's you know you're se- you're selling out when you, when you shouldn't be. You know, in reality, you know now's the time. You you know, if as Nick mentioned, you, it's probably too late at this point. Sure, right. Uh, it may be best just to stay the course and stay in it. But a hundred percent, that that's kind of what we typically see. Okay. All right. Go ahead, Nick. Go with the third one for us. Sure. So uh, third one is overconfidence. This is an interesting one. Also, one that I uh, know that. I have a bias where it's the whole concept of putting too much weight in your own abilities to make good uh, financial decisions. So, you know, another way to think about this can be is wanting to be right. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we tend to all want to be right, but then sometimes we will, you know, double down or not take into consideration the concept of like a sunk cost where, hey, you know, we're not always going to be right. And sometimes it's okay to make mistakes. You just want to learn from oh, them definitely. And, and not double down, triple down, you know, that sort of thing. So understanding that there's law of large numbers and there's efficiencies in different areas of the market and or planning. So being overconfident. And uh, again, this is something where if you look at the the pie, you know, you want to have your your plan, your investment strategy, all that. You want that pie to be, you know, around 90% or so of the very strong part of your fundamental long-term plan. So sometimes having, you know, some of these biases on a small portion will help you really learn. But you know, usually people don't. They try to do it on a much larger portion. So, yeah. so that's a little bit of a takeaway too, is in moderation, some of these things can be good because there are places where you can have a lot of upside that if you do it with the right amount of money and you take a little bit of risk with a smaller amount of money, it can help you kind of work through some of these biases without over overacting, overcorrect. Oh, definitely. And if you think about the overconfidence bias here, Nick, I mean, we've basically been on a 12-year run, 12-plus year run with the market. So everybody's been feeling pretty confident. I mean, uh, 19, 20, and 21 all finished up with you know double-digit years, right? So it's easy oh, yeah. to feel confident when when everything's going up. Everybody's a genius, right? Oh yeah. So it's when it's going down that you start to get uh, a little more concerned, and maybe that overconfidence comes into play. And since we mentioned down, go ahead and go to the fourth one, which is the final one. Sure. So the fourth one is going to be loss aversion. So a classic case of this is you know because there's different types of risk as well, and one of the one of the risks that we talk about sometimes are uh, inflationary risks, which we're seeing now. So in other words, for people that might be way too heavy in cash over a prolonged period of time, or they're afraid to take any sort of risk, the, they don't necessarily think about the trade-off. So they, again, this is the concept of having a plan and having balance, not only in your investments, but in your your strategies and your overall planning is really important because as we see, you know, sometimes people's thought process is, well, hey, cash, uh, if I'm in cash, it's okay. I I just don't want to lose my money. Well, right, yeah. you know, in times of massive inflation or just compared to other areas of the market, 
you know, there, there can be significant downside to, you know, the concept of what some people may think is no risk can actually have quite a bit. Okay. So those are the four biases then. So you've got the present bias, the base rate neglect, the overconfidence bias, and the loss aversion. So John, here's the interesting part to me about this whole thing is takeaway number two is that 98% of people are exhibiting at least one of these. What they found was the lower the level of bias, the better your overall financial health. So if you only have one, let's say, of these four, then you're probably in better shape than someone that has two, which, again, it kind of makes perfect sense. But there was some interesting t- statistics and information in this. So why don't you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, it, that is pretty interesting. Basically, the lower lower level of bias you have, the, the better financial health you end up having. And it's, you know, one of the ones here is like the present bias where basically research showed, um, you know, if you had a low level of present bias, you were three times as likely to spend less uh, than the money you, that you make. So basically, you're going to be saving more money. So again, it's kind of, you kind of look at this in life. You don't have that instant gratification. You're kind of looking at the long term of, right. hey, I don't, I don't need this today. You know, if you go to the store and buy something, like, do I really need that now? No, I don't. I can hold off on it. You know, just making better financial decisions all around when you kind of break it down. Uh, another one that was interesting with um, with that, with the present bias, was they're seven times more likely to plan for the future. Yeah, so, um, so I get... I was going to say, so what I'm hearing there is that if they don't re- if you don't react, if you don't give in to the instant gratification bias, you typically were a better saver, sounds like. Better saver, better planner, you know, just not reactionary to what's going on. So it's really the long-term goal seems to yeah. be in mind with these types of people. Seven times more likely. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's it you know it makes me think I need to you know I need to <laughs> I need to I need to be a little less instant gratification for myself. And, there you go. You know, it's it's I'm getting off topic here, but it's funny. I was talking to my wife the other day with uh, you know we got Disney Plus for the kids. Sure. And it's like, oh, I want to watch this, and I started thinking, I'm like, man, I just remember just sitting there looking at the guide until you know a TV TV show would finally pop on or a movie I wanted to watch because you couldn't watch things right away. You right. Know, back in the late 80s and in those 90s, places so. it's great right we enjoy that kind of stuff but then what happens to this kind of this point is next thing you know you've got 12 subscription services and you you know you're not using yeah. them all so yeah yeah so anyhow starting off on the team no you're here, fine but um yeah another one would be uh you know overconfidence um lower level bias there they found that people would have uh you know basically more savings so again, back when Nick was saying with overconfidence in, and I fall into this quite a bit, it's like, oh, you know, I have some time, I can build that up or whatever. And I've seen this quite a bit with some retirees. So, you know, if you're not overconfident, you tend to save a little bit more. And, um, you know, last one is the the loss aversion of having lower 401k balance. The less bias you have towards that, you know, the more apt you are to, you know, take a little more risk and, you know, save, you know, more into your 401k and, and just, as Nick mentioned here, not sit in cash and try to outpace inflation. I got you. So yeah, if you if you're a bit more overconfidence, you feel like you can kind of re- well, I'll, I'll take some chances, right? Because I, I can get it back. So therefore, I can build that savings back up or whatever the case is. So really interesting takeaways from that standpoint when you think about it, because we all fall into one of these, whatever it might be, and so the lower level of money bias, typically the better financial health. Nick, so talk to me about some of the solutions Morningstar offered because they called it building money life that fits your priorities, which makes a lot of sense for what you guys do as advisors to kind of find that right mold or fit for the individual. Yeah. So um, it's pretty interesting. And we joke a decent amount of time with clients and, and among each other that, you know, our business is probably 20 to 30 percent finance and 70 to 80% uh, therapist. And, right. and really, 
it's helping people with these sorts of things. So some of the things they talked about as far as like what they call the building a money life is, you know, kind of put some speed bumps or have a process in place for your decision making. So one of the things that we try to get our clients to do as an example is that, you know, we have the, because we are a planning focused firm and we use, you know, planning tools and software to help people model out different scenarios, we try to get them to start thinking through that realm because a lot, you know, people have often like the question, well, what about this? Or what about that? Or should, you know, one of the most common is, do I put extra money towards the mortgage or do I save some money? And the answer for everybody is different based upon what they've done up until that point. And so, you know, for those that work with us, what we try to get them to do for those speed bumps is to say, you know, number one, number two, number one, if, if there's something that you're concerned about, walk us through, okay, what, is the scenario that you're concerned about. So for example, if you're concerned about, you know, the cost of fuel, cost of inflation, those sorts of things, in what way are you concerned about how that applies to you specifically? So not just the world and everybody on the news and all that kind of stuff, but how does it involve you specifically? And so, okay, so sometimes what people realize is that it's not going to impact their life in a dramatic way. It could have some sort of impact on you know, the economy and those sorts of things. But right. most of the times it's not going to have a massive impact on their life. And then we take it. So maybe, maybe we figure that it could have some sort of impact. So then we can kind of go to the planning software and, and kind of model it and say, okay, well, if these things happen, let's take a look and see what it looks like. And okay. So now that you see what it looks like, here are some of the decisions that you can make to bring that sort of risk down and have a little bit of clarity. So, and, and then we can go ahead and try to implement those decisions. So instead of just these open-ended concerns of things that are not in anybody's control, let's look at the things that we do have in control right? and then those decisions that we can make to impact and, and make it easier. And kind of referring back to what we talked about earlier, where that kind of high level of base rate and and then the overconfidence for lower savings and checking you know sometimes what ends up happening is that and we try to remind people of this is you know having a solid base of savings cash savings is your permission slip for a lot of different things so when people look at and realize like hey that this is you know these are exactly the times that we emphasize having this cash handy because we can deal with these fluctuations in the market we don't have to make irrational decisions because you've built this buffer and you've given yourself this permission slip to deal with these different sorts of circumstances. That's so, a great point. Yeah. Yeah. So that can be interesting. And then if if you're doing it on your own, you know, just maybe making some sort of process where, hey, you've got a couple of rules that you take into consideration where um, once you get to certain gains on an, an underlying investment, you're okay selling or you sell with half and, you know, maybe you let the rest of it uh, ride. Or you just kind of give yourself a buffer time. You know, some sometimes people will joke uh, that they have rules for emails, like when they're mad. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, give it an overnight. You're ready to fire off a, an email. Maybe it's to a coworker, it's to a family member. You know, whatever. Right. Or, yeah. Or text message. Wait till you cool down. Yeah. yeah. Wait yeah. till you cool down, and or maybe haven't had an adult beverage, and um, <laughs> and give it a little bit of time. Because oftentimes, you know, when we sit on it, uh, we see that maybe, 
even though we didn't think we were, maybe we were a little overconfident in what our thought process was previously. So. Yeah, I like that idea. John, what do you think? Like one of the things they had on there, and I think this is a good idea, was the whole wait three days to make an important decision. Uh, I'll use an example. I mean, you've got the little ones there. That's great uh, advice to try to you know raise kids on as well. My dad used to do that with me. Hey, man, if it's a good idea, you know, on Monday, it's still going to be a good idea on Friday, right? But if something's changed or you don't feel like it's a good idea, then it's good that you wait before you took action. I've been uh, thinking about buying a muscle car here recently. And of course, gas prices have got me second guessing that. So I went and looked at one last Friday and I still haven't made a decision because I wanted to take that time to make sure I was making that right choice. Right. Don't don't. That's that instant gratification, I guess. Take a few days. Oh, yeah, or 100%. you uh, you might be getting a really good price right now. On well, that that's true, car. too. But. <laughs> so if you really want it, you know, what, um, what do you think, John? <laughs> I think it's always best to wait a couple of days uh, to see if that's something you really want. I think, uh, like you said, there it's, it's going to be there, you know, and and the price could jump up in three days in this in this environment. But I think sure. it's always best to kind of wait a little bit before you make financial decisions. So so you ultimately feel comfortable with decisions that you made. Yeah, that it wasn't kind of an impulse um, buy or or. Or decision, you right? Know, that well, could the, affect the rest of your life. The so. speed bump idea was really good, right? The Morningstar, they called it speed bumps to place your, you know, slow down your decision making, as Nick Nick alluded to. And if you think about the stock market, right, they've got those circuit breakers in place. We saw that with COVID, right, when the circuit breakers would kick in to prevent any more trading because it was falling so fast. So if you want to kind of use that same analogy, have some speed bumps or some circuit breakers in place for your decision making process. So lots of different ways we can look at it. Yeah. So. Yeah, another one in the article I was reading through is uh, really, and, and it goes back to you know what we we're saying here. What we always say is 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 having a plan, a sense of direction, and to tune out the news and really stop taking advice from your friends. Um, where <laughs> it's basically, hey, I did this, or you know, I'm buying this, and especially with you know we don't advise on crypto, but you know I'm buying some crypto and right. stuff like that. It's really you know have your plan and st- stick to what your plan is versus listening to what, what other people are doing. That was also in the article, which I thought was an interesting point. Yeah, very good points. Well, I'll tell you what, like I said, we're going to link this into the to the show notes and information there. So if you'd like to check that out, you can. And as always, if you've got some questions, we'll wrap this up this week about a money bias, your own money bias, which one you may be affected by. You should be able to tell if you suffer from the present bias, that gimme, gimme now thing, that base rate neglect where you just react to the news. Uh, the overconfidence of feeling like you've got it all figured out, you've mastered it all, or maybe just the loss aversion where that fear of losing money just really kind of cripples you. Either way, it could be costing you money. So reach out to the guys if you've got questions on how to control this. And I think that's some of the value that an advisor brings to the table is they're not going to have those biases about your portfolio or plan because it's you know not their money, right? So they're there to help guide you and be that sounding board and be that coach. So reach out to John and Nick if you've got some questions at PF pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. Before you take any action, you should always check with a qualified professional like the guys. They are financial advisors at PFG Private Wealth. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever platform you'd like to listen to. And if you'd like to learn more about some of those charities that they were John was talking about earlier in the show, or maybe attend the next time they do one of those events, again, reach out to them at PFG Private Wealth. For John and Nick, I'm Mark. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll see you next time here on the podcast, Retirement Planning Redefined.